Let me uh, read the introduction for the Withams, and then we'll pray, and they'll be telling their story. Matt and Audrey Witham has been here at Faith Church since 2012, and if you came to second service, you may have seen Matt up on stage leading worship, sometimes when Johnny's not there. And Audrey's been involved with the Women of Faith leadership team. They have three kids, Max, who just started kindergarten last week. How many of you can remember their, your first day at kindergarten? <laughs> That's a special day, isn't it? Rowan, who's three, and Cooper, 16 months. Matt works as a project manager with Pepper Construction, and Audrey's a stay-at-home mom and once-a-month dental hygienist. Matt's hobbies include music, as we know, and making things, and Audrey's still trying to figure out what her hobbies are. <laughs> Great position. Some of us has taken about 70 years to do that, Audrey. So. Well, let's pray before we hear from uh, with them. Thanks, Father, as we've, uh, most of us, been uh, able to worship and hear Johnny, uh, Jeff's, to, to hear the message from Joy this morning. Thanks for the way you uh, grow us as family, as we are with each other and rubbing shoulders and hearing stories. Thanks that Matt and Audrey can do that this morning. Give them clarity as they speak and us good listening ears. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Right. Good morning, everyone. It's Phil said I'm Audrey, so I'll start us off this morning. Many of you might recognize me from chasing my wild children around the church, so um, also from being chatty and loud, so maybe it surprises you to find out that this is really terrifying for me up here. Um, so bear with me. Got it under control over there? No, I don't have it under control. <laughs> Oh boy, better move closer to the mic. Can you hear me now? Better? Okay, all right. Raise your hand back there, Gene, if I'm not being loud enough because I am afraid of this thing, so I try to move back on purpose. So if you can't hear me, let me know. Um, anywho, as we said, I'm Audrey. Um, I was born and raised in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, I am the youngest of three children. I have an older brother and an older sister, both of whom live really close to my parents in Fort Wayne. Um, I was blessed to grow up in a Christian family, and I accepted Christ as my Savior when I was just four years old. Um, when I was very young, we attended a church that my grandpa pastored. As, as I entered grade school, he and my grandma were led to a church in Ohio, and that's when we began attending a missionary church in Fort Wayne. Uh, my parents and siblings all still attend there now. It was with this church that I attended church camps each summer, and as I entered high school, I began understanding more about the commitment that I had made as a young child. I had a youth pastor that really poured into me, um, along with others, to encourage my growth in my relationship with the Lord. I realized that I could no longer ride on the coattails of my parents' faith. Um, I needed to take some ownership of this, and I was certainly more aware of God's presence and voice than I had been as a four-year-old. Um, even so, there were definitely times when I chose the things of this world over the Lord's will for me. I remember questioning God's grace towards me as I got a bit older, feeling like if you knew better and still messed things up, his grace somehow wasn't exactly the same. Understanding grace has been and probably to an extent still is a real process for me. I didn't realize it until I got a bit older how easy it can be to lean towards legalism. Things I learned as a child that were well-intended didn't always settle in my mind just right. 
Um, I heard that we were doing or not doing things to keep from being stumbling blocks and to honor our commitment to the Lord. But for some reason, it just became a list of do's and don'ts that for me often became more about pleasing others than about pleasing the Lord. There are plenty of these things that the Lord and I have wrestled through as I've grown in my faith, and some we haven't necessarily come to a clear conclusion on. But I'm grateful that the Lord has worked in me to reveal some of these legalistic tendencies in my own heart um, and to change that list of do's and don'ts from simply a faith that goes through the motions to a heart that desires to honor the Lord with my actions. I still get that wrong often, but I trust that his refining work in my life isn't finished. If I'm being honest, as we prepared to share today, I found myself looking at what I had written as my story, thinking about what we would share, and wondering why on earth we were doing this. Um, thoughts of inadequacy flooded my mind. More often than not, when asked to share my story, I will preface my sharing with, this is pretty boring, or something to that extent. The Lord convicted me, as he has before. If God covers nearly all the pages of my life story, what am I saying if I preface that story with the fact that it's boring? I'm so grateful to have known Jesus all my life and grateful that he has been gracious in sparing me from much heartache and hardship thus far. Hi, I'm Matt. Um, I grew up in Ohio, just southeast of Columbus. Um, my family moved to northeast Indiana the summer before I went into eighth grade. I have one younger sister who lives in Tennessee, and my parents are now back in Ohio. I graduated from Purdue, uh, where I studied building construction management, and we moved to Indianapolis right after I graduated, and we've been here ever since. Um, I was raised in the Lutheran church. Are there any Lutherans out there? Yeah, a few? Nice. <laughs> Um, so for those of you who don't know, if Lutherans were a salad dressing, they would be called Catholic light, um, except, <laughs> except to the Catholics, to them, we're just heathens. Um, to this day, I still struggle uh, not to say, and also with you, every time I watch a Star Wars movie and hear, may the force be with you. Um, I would say that I get my love uh, for hymns and my disdain for sharing anything deep about my faith from being a Lutheran, because we like to keep to ourselves. Um, at the church we went to in Ohio before we moved, uh, we were somewhat plugged in. We participated in Sunday school, church picnics, lock-ins, that kind of things. But like any good Lutherans, once the church function was over, our faith was ver uh, very rarely discussed. Um, once we moved to Indiana, we did find another Lutheran church there. Um, I finished my confirmation there, um, but I would never say that we were plugged in at that church. Um, we'd show up in our Sunday best, kind of go through the motions, peace be with you and also with you, listen to the sermon, and we'd be on our way. Um, it wasn't until high school when I started attending Youth for Christ events with my friends that I began to think more intently and deeply about my uh, faith. I also had a group of Christian football coaches who helped guide me and encourage me in my faith. Um, it was there, then that I was challenged to open my heart and my mind to Jesus in a way that even through my Lutheran confirmation, I had never been before. Plus, there was this girl who was all about all that stuff, and I was trying to spend as much time with, as I could with her. Ulterior motives aside, uh, I realized the Lord was trying to tell me that I was missing something and that I needed him. During a worship service at a Youth for Christ conference my senior year of high school, I raised my hand when the worship leader asked if there was anyone who wanted to start a relationship with Jesus that day. Uh, my Youth for Christ leader took me and some of my friends into an adjoining room and led us to Christ. I wish I could say everything related to, my faith, related to my faith has been great since then, and that I haven't done anything foolish or in blatant disregard of my faith, but I can't. I've done stupid things, I've hurt people, and I've turned my back on my faith more than a handful of times since the day I accepted Jesus as my God and Savior. 
One thing that I have learned through my struggles and through the good times uh, is that God is always faithful, and that's what we hope to show you with our stories today. Um, so fast forward, I went to college the first time, that didn't work out, um, then I worked for a while, we got married, I did my second tour of college, and that one stuck, and then we found um, Faith Church in 2012, we had three kids, and now we're sitting here with you. Um, that's the whole, that's, yeah, it's the whole thing. <coughs> Um, but, so if we, if we back up a little bit, um, if you remember that girl that I wanted to spend so much time with in high school, well, it was Audrey. Um, this is us in eighth grade. Uh, we met in eighth grade and we started going out in February of that school year and everything has been perfect since then, right? So, so perfect. <laughs> Sounds about right. We got married in June of 2009, right after I finished college. Just a couple months later, we moved from Fort Wayne to Lafayette for Matt to finish up his schooling. I remember how hard that was for me. It sounds so lame, but it's the truth. I had lived within 10 minutes of my parents until that move, and I love the close-knit family the Lord has blessed me with. I think I cried every day for at least two weeks, maybe more. Um, I remember thinking it would never work. We'd have to move back to Fort Wayne, and Matt would have to figure out a new plan for his schooling. You can imagine that my emotional instability about it all made things a bit challenging for Matt as well. Yeah, and I was very conflicted on how to deal with this. Um, one part of me was dying inside because I knew that, um, that I was the cause or my circumstance was the cause of my new wife being so unhappy. But on the other hand, I couldn't really wrap my head around why she was so upset. Um, I had moved twice growing up, once across town and once to another state, and unfortunately, sometimes <laughs> I lack empathy. So to me, moving a few hours away from family was not something I would ever be upset about and could not for the life of me relate to what Audrey was going through. So little by little, through much prayer and time in the Word, along with many tears, I began to think we would make it through those two and a half years. Looking back at this period of time, it is evident that God was using the move to Lafayette to lay a strong foundation for our marriage. What started out as a struggle ended with Matt and I being much closer. I needed to be forced to rely on Matt for all that God had provided him to be. And I needed to be more empathetic and forced to consider Audrey's feelings, even if I didn't understand them at first. God was faithful to us in this season of new marriage. Before we knew it, graduation was approaching and the resumes were flying. By this point, I actually kind of liked Lafayette <clears throat> excuse me, and was grateful that the Lord had stretched me in this way. Although the majority of resumes had been sent back home to Fort Wayne, nothing was happening there. All right, what are you doing to me, God? I was happy to be stretched by moving to Lafayette, but if we don't start seeing signs of getting back to Fort Wayne, it's really going to get ugly in our house. And it did. Nothing awful, but things were not very pleasant. Matt was excited to find his dream job, and I was miserable at the thought of that job being anywhere but Fort Wayne. We probably had more arguments in the three months leading to graduation than we had our whole marriage to that point. Matt ended up taking a job offer here in Indy. We had seen God's faithfulness and provision in our lives when we, more specifically I, struggled through our move to Lafayette. So there was disappointment, but once the decision was made, I softened my heart to living in Indy. I began praying that God would start giving us some encouragement, and he did. We got a house that has more than we imagined for our first home, and before too long we found out baby number one was on the way. These were just a couple of the many pieces of encouragement that the Lord provided. One scripture that's often come to mind through these transitional times is Proverbs 19:21. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that will ultimately prevail. 
that's scary sometimes. I like to plan, especially when it comes to major life events. But God has shown us time and time again, not only the truth of this particular verse, but also that his purpose prevailing is such a blessing and his plan for our lives stems from his love for us. God's timing and plan for us is perfect, even when we can't see it. We can always bank on his faithfulness. God was faithful to us through this season of altered plans. So uh, work has been a challenging subject for us uh, since I graduated. As Audrey said, out of school, um, I came to work here um, for a local company in Indy, which was not part of our original plan. Uh, I worked for this company for about a year and a half uh, when a good friend of mine called me up and said that his company, which was based out of Atlanta, Georgia, had a small one-man operation in Indianapolis, and they were looking to grow. Um, I was intrigued, and uh, because the company that I was, um, or I'm sorry, I was intrigued. The company that I was at um, is still and was a great company when I worked there, and I enjoyed the people I worked with. However, I knew it was not a place uh, that I wanted to be long-term. In my year and a half there, it became clear to me that in order to climb the ladder in that company, you had to be a company man first and willing to relocate to any one of their uh, several locations from Northwest Indiana to Texas to the West Coast. And that's just something that we were not willing to do. To do. Um, the new company was smaller. There was potential for faster upward growth. And I knew that minimal, or I was told that minimal travel would be required. <laughs> so after a few interviews and a trip to Atlanta later, I accepted the new position. Uh, I think sometimes it's easy to get caught up in titles or chasing the greener grass on the other side of the fence. We base our identity on our career or how much stuff we have or our kids or you can put anything else that can take the place of God in our lives. One thing that I'm continuously learning and relearning is that my identity cannot be centered on my career or my job title. My identity needs to be centered on Christ. And in order for me to be the best husband, father, employee, etc., um, I have to be centered in Christ first. Colossians 3, 1 through 3 says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So looking back now um, with this career move, I, I think I was probably just looking for the greener grass and chasing titles and not focusing on things above. Things were good um, at the new company for the first few years. I had a lot of flexibility, and I enjoyed the work I was doing, and I wasn't traveling. Um, but as I began to gain experience, my responsibilities and workload began to grow, and I started taking on my own projects, and with that, I started traveling some. I ran small projects in Ohio, uh, down in Georgia, Pennsylvania, here in Indy, um, and several, several other places. Um, then we finally got a pretty large project uh, located here in Indy that kept me home for part of 2015 and most of 2016. Um, on that project, I acted as the project manager for a large renovation, uh, which ended up being a good project for the company. And it was around this time that my friend who had brought me over to this company uh, got promoted, and so I thought my turn was coming soon. Uh, I'd put in my time, I'd been running my own work, finally had a large project under my belt, and I deserved the promotion, um, but it never came. In late 2016, uh, the company approached the Indy office and asked if we would run a project out of Jacksonville, Florida. Their idea was for my boss and I to trade weeks in Florida for about 15 months. Barf. Prior to this happening, I feel like uh, Audrey and I kind of knew that more travel was going to be part of my future at this company. Uh, it's funny how we were forced to think about the idea of traveling for work again with this company, which was one of the reasons I left my first company. 
But the way I saw it was that we would say yes to this project, we could do our one project out of town that required travel, and then after that we would have put in our time, proved that we were in it for the company, um, I'd get my promotion, and then we could say no to any other travel. Audrey did not see it this way, and was very much against me saying yes to this project. Um, luckily for us, the project died before we had to give an answer one way or the other. So as some of you know, Matt spent most of 2017 living and working in Nashville, Tennessee. It was interesting that the request for Matt to head to Nashville came just a couple months after the Florida proposal. I was completely horrified by the Florida thing. I understood why Matt felt a sense of obligation to take, take on some traveling, but I just couldn't wrap my head around that project in particular. Every other week for 15 months, which you, if you know anything about construction projects, actually means at least 18 months, maybe closer to two years. Um, it was not feasible to think about dragging our two young children on a lengthy road trip to Florida and home every other week. Um, the whole thing was just a disaster in my mind. So when the Nashville scenario came to be, I think I was still in a haze of relief over the Florida thing not coming to fruition, that although I wasn't necessarily super excited about Nashville, it was easy for me to agree with Matt that this was the traveling opportunity to take. So it was just a matter of a couple weeks from the time we were asked about Tennessee to the time that Matt had to be there full time. I know the Lord used the Florida ordeal to prepare my heart for the Nashville situation. God was faithful in this season of change, uniting Matt and I in mind as we embarked on this new adventure. So three weeks later, in mid-March, the kids and I had half of our lives in a U-Haul, and we were headed to meet Matt at the apartment he found for us. <laughs> Since Max hadn't started preschool at that point, we had a lot of flexibility to spend time with Matt in Tennessee. The kids and I did spend a lot of time there, and we tried to make the best of it. There was a pool at the apartment complex, Matt's work paid for a zoo pass for us, and there were hot Krispy Kreme donuts. What more could one need? The kids and I had a lot of fun taking on new adventures in Nashville. Yeah, so the project I worked on in Nashville uh, was this hotel. It was a, it's a 20-story hotel, 20-story um, boutique hotel, about two blocks off the main drag. Um, it was in an awesome location in Nashville, if you've ever been there. Um, it was a really cool project to work on. Um, so I was in charge of the interior build-out of the hotel. So when I got there, the structure was already there, and I took it from like framing the walls to all the finishes to installing furniture. Um, it was a great resume builder type project for my career development. Uh, as Audrey said, we did make the best of our situation, and we had as much fun as we could in Tennessee. The kids even got to come up in the hotel during the project and see Daddy's building. But even with the fun we had or tried to have, it was definitely a challenging time. Most days I was working 10 to 12 hours or more, and as soon as I got off work uh, on the weekends, if the kids and Audrey weren't with me, I was headed north immediately. Um, so Tennessee is on central time, so going down I would pick up an hour, which was great, but coming home I lost an hour. And if you know anything about Nashville, the traffic is horrendous. So I wouldn't get home on Friday or Saturday nights until about 11 or 12 at night, and then I'd have to head back down either Sunday evening or between 3 and 4 a.m. on Monday morning. So, as you can imagine, a lot of times I was tired and my patience was thin with Audrey and the kids. And to say that I was anywhere close to my best self during this time would be an exaggeration. So, in September, Max began preschool and the kids and I had to stay home for him to be there each Tuesday and Thursday. I don't think it was necessarily easy up to this point, but I think this is when uh, this shift is when things really got more difficult. I got a small dose of single parenting and it stunk. 
we don't have family around and having two young kiddos on your own day in and day out is hard sometimes. By this point, Matt was working in Tennessee Monday through Friday and every other Saturday, so our time with him was really limited. Um, I was in my first trimester of pregnancy with Cooper. I was tired, nauseous, and hormonal. All things were aligning to create the perfect storm, but the storm didn't begin quite yet. Yeah, so by that time, I think we were both over, just over the situation we were in. There was this cloud of weird just hanging around us that I've, uh, I don't remember ever feeling before or since. We tried to check in with each other each evening after the kids went to bed, but even talking on the phone became difficult. I knew she was tired and her patience was gone from being a single parent, but I couldn't understand why there wasn't more appreciation for what I was doing. I was the one that was providing for our family and I was the one that had to be away from the kids. I convinced myself that Audrey just thought I was out having fun around Nashville without her and the kids and she didn't even appreciate the sacrifices that I was making. It was a selfish and terrible way to think, and I was not in a good place with just weeks left before I was home again full time. So Matt finished up the majority of his work in Tennessee the end of 2017, and he came home. Cue that storm I was talking about. I was in theory so happy to have him home and finally close this chapter of our lives. And guess what? It was hard. The kids and I had routines, like Taco Tuesdays, that Matt was really hampering. In all seriousness though, we had adapted to life without Matt most of the time, and now having him back was proving to be a real adjustment. It was almost as if I believed Matt was substantially indebted to me and the kids, and he would have to work his way out of that with an abundance of patience and sacrifice, until I felt it equated to the amount of patience and sacrifice that I had poured into all the time without him. This is so irrational, and I know that, but my actions and words would have indicated differently. I had absolutely no sympathy for the sacrifices he had made over the course of the last year. I was so focused on the pity party for myself that I was nearly blinded to any notion that didn't play into my role as the martyr. So with the state that my mind was in when I returned home, I don't know why I was surprised at how dysfunctional everything became. I had become an intruder on my, in my own family's life. I had no patience for the kids or for Audrey. and. I no longer knew where I fit in the rhythm of our daily lives. I was so used to being by myself and doing my own thing that any, um, doing my own thing that doing anything for or with the kids or for Audrey just seemed annoying. Plus, I was being forced to live with some of the ramifications of my being gone for so long, which did not help the situation. So for example, for probably two months after I got home, every time I would so much as go to the garage, the kids asked me if I was leaving, if I was coming back, and when I was coming back. It was clear they were used to me being gone and were expecting me to leave again. And sometimes it seemed like Audrey just wished I would leave again. I was still thinking selfishly and couldn't understand why I wasn't receiving the appreciation and respect I felt I deserved. But God was faithful to us in this season of selfishness. Proverbs 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Once we took a step back and listened to God instead of just talking at each other, he imparted on us that we needed to work on our own hearts before we could approach each other from a place of love. We spent time on our own, in prayer, in God's word, reading books, and considering what God had taught us through this struggle. We were eventually able to work through our issues and are now closer because of it. So when that project ended, I came back to Indiana to find out that one of the clients uh, that we did work for here locally had gone out of business and the other had sold most of the properties that we had done work in or were planning to do work in. Um, 
and to top it all off, um, they had done zero business development in the area since I was gone, and I had been skipped over for another promotion. I spent 2018 traveling to Atlanta every other week to manage my, uh, my first project uh, per the company, even though I'd been running work for several years at that point. Um, and I still didn't have my promotion at the end of 2018. I was getting fed up and was starting to pay more attention to who was hiring around Indianapolis. But as all of that was happening behind the scenes, I was working hard to grow my network and develop business here in Indiana. Uh, I was starting to get some traction, and I could see the potential for growth that we had in this market. I thought that if I could just land that one job here locally, everything else would fall into place. I could build my own team, and in five more years, I would be running the company's Indianapolis operation, and we would have a growing hold in the local construction market. I was putting way too much faith into my own abilities, and again, was starting to put my identity in my work and not in Christ. But God is continually faithful. In August of 2018, I interviewed at a local company, and I met a man I thought I had a great connection with and could definitely see myself working for. But at the time, I just brushed this off, and I doubled down on my, on my determination to grow in my current situation. I ended up telling, it just, telling him it just wasn't the right time to make a change for me. Um, he responded by giving me an offer of employment anyway, to which I promptly turned down. Little did I know that God was working in the background, being always faithful, and designing my future in spite of my best efforts to plan what I thought my future should be. So Matt had other frustrations <coughs> excuse me, about the direction his current company was headed and how he would fit into their plans long term. As he said, he had made some good connections locally with business developers and was gaining momentum. I could see all the effort he was putting in and was flabbergasted at the lack of support he received from people that, in my mind, should have most appreciated all he was doing. Factor this in with the other offers coming in, and I'm basically just biting my tongue. I'm so over all the traveling at this point and finding few redemptive qualities about the current position. I knew that he needed to feel good about the decision, though. So for what seemed like ages, I just listened and waited, all the while thinking he was a little crazy to be holding on to all these what-ifs. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, you know? So in February of this year, I received an email from the guy who had given me uh, a job offer back in August of last year. He wanted to meet up for coffee <clears throat> uh, just to talk and see how I was doing. We had another great conversation, spending the better part of an hour talking about family, vacation plans, and anything else except work. At the end of the conversation, he asked me how I was doing with work and if uh, I was any closer to wanting to make a move. I told him I still wasn't ready and wanted to see what I had started through to the end. He understood this, but told me he was still looking for someone and if I changed my mind to let him know. Um, a week and a half later, out of the blue, I received another better offer of employment from him, to which I promptly turned down again. <laughs> Idiot. Um, he graciously accepted my response and said that there was no time limit on them, uh, on anything for them, and that if I uh, got to a point where I wanted to know more about their company or the position, just to get a hold of him. So uh, after a lot of prayer and discussions with Audrey and my family and some of my closest friends, I decided to call him. We scheduled a time to talk over the phone after our kids had gone to bed, and I proceeded to grill this man for more than two hours. Um, his phone died partway through the conversation it took so long. <laughs> uh, he answered all of my questions without hesitation. He was genuine and he was honest, which is something that I had not been accustomed to in my current job. I was sold. 
uh, and I accepted the position that night, and I haven't looked back since. Um, I know Audrey's still over there wondering what in the world I was thinking back in August after I got the first offer. Um, but God is faithful. I really think he put this man, who is now my boss, in my path to wake me up. For whatever reason, God would not let this guy give up on me, and God would not give up on me. I, again, was blinded by chasing titles and worrying about what I could accomplish on my own, that I was losing sight of the effects my actions were having on my wife, my kids, my faith, and myself. I know that God put up signs for me along the way, but for whatever reason, I ignored them, or I didn't even see them because I was too focused on what I thought would be best for my life. It wasn't until after I accepted this new job that God really convicted me and showed me how selfish I had been. We were going through old pictures and videos on Audrey's phone a few months ago, um, and she still had some pictures and videos from uh, Nashville, uh, from when we spent time in Nashville in 2017. And I was, as I was watching our daughter, Rowan, on Audrey's phone, just being silly in the Nashville apartment, I realized that I couldn't really remember what she was like then, other than what I could see in pictures and videos. She was a year and a half old at the time, and Max was almost four, and I don't really have memories from them, of them from that year. Uh, then I was flooded with all kinds of shame. I thought about what I put my kids through, what I had put Audrey through, and how I had clearly ignored what God was trying to tell me over and over again. And for what? A title? Money? A career? It was foolish, and I'm so thankful that God is faithful. So through different parts of the story, we added kids. Like I said, we found out we were having our first child shortly after we got settled in Fishers. Um, and as we said, as Phil said before, Max, our oldest son, just turned six. He started kindergarten this week. Um, our daughter, Rowan, will be four next month. And Cooper, our youngest, is 16 months. They are wild and crazy and so much fun. Um, I have the privilege of being able to be home with our kiddos, and I'm so very grateful for that opportunity. But if I'm being real for a second, Yikes, these kids wear me out. I think I have a lot of energy and they still wear me out. Um, they also really reveal my shortcomings. A wise woman once spoke to me about how kids parallel in a lot of ways our own relationships with the Lord and help us to see our brokenness in a new light. And she was so right. She really always is. Um, I'm aware of my own need to continually unclench my fist and hand our kids over to the Lord and acknowledge his faithfulness to us and his goodness, no matter his plans for them. Lately, the Lord has really been impressing this on my heart, and I have no doubt that part of that is because of our little Rowan. She's this tiny bundle of sweetness and craziness all in one. We were encouraged to see an orthopedic doctor a little over six months ago to address curvature in her spine. At that time, he just wanted to see us back six months later to reevaluate. He told us that often they grow out of their curve at this age and that true scoliosis is rare. Um, just a few weeks ago, we returned to the orthopedic doctor and updated her x-rays. In my optimistic mind, I just knew she would have grown out of it and all would be good. Wrong-o. The curvature in her spine got worse, and they discovered a new, completely different spinal condition called spondylolisthesis. I'm not 100% sure I say that correctly. Um, this is also a condition that's unusual to see in a three-year-old. It's essentially one in which uh, one of her vertebrae slips forward. Um, so hers has slipped to the point that there's a small kink in her spinal cord. Praise the Lord, we don't see any significant neurological symptoms at this time. Um, she's now wearing a brace covered in beautiful unicorns and donuts all her waking hours that will hopefully help to correct this condition. We'll follow up later this month to see how things are looking, but they will intervene surgically if things continue to worsen. 
I don't want to make it seem like this is the worst possible scenario because I know it's not. I know many of you have faced much greater challenges with your own children, be it physically, mentally, or emotionally, and I want to be sensitive to that. But I'm also aware of the fact that this is the most significant health-related issue we have faced with our children. We would have loved to hear that things were just better, but that's definitely not what we heard. It's difficult to think about the possibility of Rowan's future being hindered physically by these conditions. Matt and I were both athletic in high school and still enjoy being active, although we're markedly less impressive now than we once were. We pray for healing for Rowan so she can continue to do all the things she loves without limited mobility or risk of worsening her conditions. But even if she can't, God is and will continue to be faithful to our family in this season of waiting and unknown. I'm so grateful that the Lord was preparing my heart for this long before we revisited the doctor. So our life has been minimally traumatic. We're not denying that. But we do believe some of it has only felt that way because of God's faithfulness and care for us. We continue to pray that the Lord has strengthened our faith to the point that when the more significant hardships come, we can praise him in the midst of the storm. Isaiah 43.2 says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. The seasons of our life are always changing. Um, your waters and rivers and fires may look different than ours, but God's faithfulness, faithfulness remains the same. Um, thank you for letting us share today, and we will open it up to questions now. <coughs> Yeah, so the question is, is there travel in my new job? And the answer is no. Um, they, yeah, so <laughs> they do probably like 90% of the work is local and they only will go out of town um, for clients that we have a good, like long relationship with. So there are some, some jobs out of town, um, but yeah, most of the work is here, so. And my project now is in Greenwood, so I'm just going to Greenwood now. So, yeah. So the question is: Is my new boss a believer? Um, I do not know yet. Um, I would like to kind of explore that as I get to know him better, um, but I haven't found that out yet. He he just is a he's just a good guy. Um, He's, he's kind, he's genuine, as I said in, my, um, in, in the, the story, and he's just a good boss. So I would like to find that out. Um, it would be great if he was, and if not, maybe you know, I can, can change that, which would be great. Yeah. Okay, now you started going together in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did you ever break up between eighth grade? Yeah, we did. The question was <laughs> if we ever broke up between eighth grade and now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There were multiple breakups. It was not a beautiful dating relationship. That's another story for a different day. But the Lord was gracious to us and allowed our marriage to turn into something wonderful most of the time. <laughs> Phil. Uh, 
Yeah, so the question is, what are, what are my roots, what are the roots in my interest of music? Um, so I grew up, um, my dad was always a big music guy. He plays the drums and guitar. Um, not, not necessarily well, but he plays. Um, but we would always listen. Uh, I remember when I found his record collection, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever, um, that dad had all these giant CDs that we could play on this thing <laughs> and see them. <laughs> Um, so he used to have these big console speakers in our family room and the record player was hooked up to it. So, so I grew up to listening to, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s music and just gaining an appreciation um, then when I was a kid. And then in um, middle school, I bought my first guitar and taught myself to play. Um, I kind of dipped off a little bit in high school and then picked it back up in college and I've been playing uh, pretty regularly since then. <laughs> the, the question is, what changed to make us stop breaking up? <laughs> I don't know. What changed? What? I don't know. What changed? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I there think, you go. Yeah, we got I married. Think we just hit a good spot, and then I was like, I need to nail this down, and I asked her to marry me, and yeah. she was stuck after that. So I think I got the better end of the deal. You can imagine there's a lot of immaturity, though, when you start dealing with one another in eighth grade, right? So there's just a lot of things to work through. So, yeah, I think that growing up probably changed a lot of it. Just maturing a little bit changed a lot. Yeah, and I, I will say, too, because we've known each other for so long, um, we're friends first, which I think is helpful in a relationship and in a, in a marriage um, just because we, you know, we bank on or we, we can go back to that friendship and just count on each other to be there for each other, um, you know, just for everything. Um, so knowing each other that well, I think, has definitely helped in our marriage. Yes, we do. Um, oh, yeah, repeat the question. I was given instructions about this, and I forgot them. Okay, so the question was, do we make a lot of trips to Fort Wayne to visit my family? And the answer is yes. I feel like with Max starting kindergarten, that changes what our life looks like a lot. You know, before I had the freedom to pick up and go even during the week, especially when Matt was traveling for his work, if he was gone for a week, we just go because we would either miss a day of preschool, which not a big deal, right? or we'd work it around that schedule. Um, but now that he started school, it will look a little bit different, but we do make regular trips up there on weekends to visit family. <laughs> Every Sunday, he has a Bible story today with a smile on his face. He's a special, special young boy. And even though some of the other things are the storms that he went through during that time, God protected him. He, he was just so pure and just so lovely and sweet and interested. And when I'm teaching the story, he, he's like, 
Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I think that was a comment more than a question, and I'm pretty sure it just said that uh, Audrey and I are awesome parents. So, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. Oh no. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Sounds like something he would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Any other? Yeah, Phil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the, Phil's question is: uh, I grew up Lutheran. Audrey grew up in the missionary church. And was there any tensions between our families when uh, we got together because of that? Okay, I'll go. Um, I don't think so. I don't think that was the case. And I think maybe partially because at the time when Matt got more serious about his relationship with the Lord, he had attended a number of youth group events with me. And so I just feel like, um, I don't know. I I didn't ever cause any issues. Mm -mm. Do you want to add to that? So, yeah, so my family went to church and was part of the Lutheran church, but I don't think they were ever as um, invested in it as much as Audrey's family was. And so um, I think at first it was just they were annoyed that this girl was taking their son away from them at such a young age. <laughs> um, but, I mean, after, after they got to know her and got to know her heart and her family's heart for the Lord, I think it's, it's, it's actually given us a chance to kind of be an example for my family um, and kind of bring it to the forefront to where, you know, Lutherans typically like to keep to themselves and don't talk about things within the family or with other believers and it's been a, uh, a chance for us to, to share with my family and, and talk about things, which has been great. <clears throat> yeah. Did you ever hop up on an open stage night in Nashville? Uh, the question was, did I ever go to an open stage night and get up and play in Nashville? No. The thing is, in Nashville... Um, I mean, it, the live music scene is great. You could, I mean, you could go to lunch on a Tuesday and there's somebody playing live music. The thing is, all of them are really good. Re- I mean, really good. So, you know, the people, you can imagine what it takes to, you know, get a song on the radio because you walk into any, any place down there and the live music that you hear is fantastic. So, 
No, I did not ever get up on stage in Nashville. <coughs> Anything else? Um, so the question was, when we moved to Indianapolis, did we already know that we would go to Faith Church, or what did our journey like look like um, to get here? And we did not. Um, we started just attending. We went to a number of different churches when we first moved, um, but uh, the pastor at the church in Fort Wayne had given us a couple names, and this was one of them. Um, and so when we came here, we just, the first day, were felt very welcomed, um, and just appreciated at the time it was jake and pastor tom and yeah but didn't we come to a first service we did come to a first service that day and tom really sought us out walked over and was like hey you guys look new and then he let us know that there were two services both very different and we actually like both of them um so but yeah, so he came over and found us, but from day one, we just felt like we had some good connections here, so we continued to come back, and I feel like the Lord has provided a really outstanding community here for us. Without family around, that's been so invaluable for us. Did, did you have any uh, confusion about it was Faith Missionary Church? Yeah. Uh, the question was if we had any confusion about the name of the church being Faith Missionary Church, but not an actual missionary denomination church. I think that's why, I think that may have been why your pastor knew about it, because of the name. Um, But I think once we, yeah, once we got here, I don't think it was a, uh, once we found out, it wasn't like a concern or or anything for us. So, um, so we're, I, I mean, kind of glad that maybe the name was that way and that Audrey's pastor, who was part of the missionary church, knew of it. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're glad to be here. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.